raises a collective energy that you'd be silly not to want to use. What's up, guys? We are coming at you with our first recording session in 2023. Hey! I know this will be the second episode, or third episode you guys hear. Oh my god, that's so true. In 2023. But it's our first time recording. How do you feel with with the year turning? Do you you celebrate that at all? Do you buy stock into any type of resolutions or anything like that? Where are you at? It feels like a new beginning time to me because that's culturally yeah a new beginning and everybody kind of celebrates it that way it's funny like I have kind of been thinking about that because I had a video on my TikTok that was talking about new year witchcraft stuff and a lot of people were commenting the new year is in the spring for witches or like the lunar new year we shouldn't even be celebrating this new year basically you I think it's really interesting because I see that. I mean, spring is undeniably a time of new beginnings and regeneration and all of that. Yeah. But it's it's a new year. You get caught up in it. I feel that regardless. I do a 12 days of Christmas ritual that bleeds in like through new year. That's like a manifestation for the year to come. And I love it. I myself do not resonate with spring being the new year as much as I celebrate the new year along with Samhain. But with that being said, I also celebrate the calendar like new year, like American New Year. I, I just do both. I did a yearly spread for myself on Samhain and I did the yearly spread that you wrote for the Arcane Dames Instagram on New Year's Eve. Yeah. So I, I just kind of celebrate both and I roll with it. There's no like predetermined set of holidays that you need to celebrate as a witch, especially because it all depends on cultural context. So don't feel like you need to celebrate the pagan wheel of the year. You don't have to be pagan to be a witch. Right, literally. <laughs> so yeah, if you don't buy stock into any of that, that is cool and you can celebrate regular holidays. I certainly do. I just found it like a touch comical that people were so against it. Against witches celebrating the calendar new year and I'm just like it's just a vibe. It's not that deep to me. It really isn't. And also my perspective on witchcraft is being able to integrate my mundane world with my right. spiritual beliefs. So why why wouldn't I tap into the energy that the whole world is creating? Right. The, the excitement with dressing up and going out and watching the specials on TV. That raises a collective energy that you'd be silly not to want to use. If anybody else watched the Miley New Year special, Ugh. 10 out of 10. My New Year hairstyle will be copying how Miley's hair is right now. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for being here. We have a lot planned for 2023. If you're not part of our newsletter, Alyssa sent a great newsletter out a couple days ago as we're recording this, announcing that we will be going on a small break because we are kind of closing out season one at the end of January. We're going to come back with season two in March. And that break is going to give us time to just really connect with you guys further 
promote the show further, build our little family and following and be able to make more content outside of the episodes. So we're really looking forward to that. And there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you guys to interact with us. We really enjoyed hosting that New Year's spread over on Instagram. Quite a few people participated and that was really nice. So more stuff like that to come. Yeah, for sure. We really want to focus on connecting over TikTok, connecting over Instagram. Mel just made an Arcane Dames TikTok. So make sure that you're connected with us as as much as you can be, as much as you want to be, because this is like a break from us recording the podcast, but really with the full intention of having more time to be active on socials. Yeah. All right. I think that's all our little housekeeping, unless you have anything else you want to share. No, I'm just vibing. Vibing today. Today we're talking about the Queen of Swords. We've never done a queen before. And what a good one to start with. Oh my gosh. So... Swords is the suit of air associated with Libra, Aquarius, and Gemini. Your hosts are a Libra and an Aquarius. We both, I think, connect with the Queen of Swords in more ways than one. This is one of those cards I have a bit of a complex relationship with. Interesting. I feel like everyone knows at this point, my favorite minor arcana card is the Queen of Wands. That's what I I came up with my whole like business name, Mel of Wands, based on her and not the Queen of Swords. And I had like an identity crisis over it because I was like, no, I should be Mel of Swords, air, like whatever. And the reason I ultimately chose the Wands is because I feel like I just need to be more active and aggressive in my life. I know I'm the Queen of Swords because I'm very in my my head and mm-hmm. I feel like I I've embraced that enough and now I need to like do more more things where I'm taking what's in my head and making them external decisions. I totally feel that and I I think that that speaks to something a little bit deeper with the tarot as well yeah. where oftentimes there's like a, a a tendency or a desire to want to like align yourself with a specific card as an identity. And the reality is that we embody so many different cards. If not all of them at some point. Literally. So in order to align yourself with something like a Queen of Swords, you're kind of pigeonholing yourself. Exactly. In a way. So I love that you chose something that instead of aligning with your identity as you are completely reminds you to embody something that you're aspiring to. Exactly. And I I feel like the fire realm is my opposite. I've not embraced aggression, which Mm -hmm. like isn't inherent. Like I'm not saying that you're an aggressive asshole if you're a fire sign, but like for me, I do need to be more outspoken and actively engaged with my surroundings. That's kind of why I strayed away from the Queen of Swords archetype, but I'm ready to embrace her again. It's part of me. There's nothing wrong with that. So we're going to dive into her a little bit deeper. I do love the Queen of Swords and I'm staring at, what is this deck? That's the Pride Tarot. I I can't stop looking at her. She's sexy. She's so hot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we have have interesting imagery. Let's put a pin in that. (laughs) As always, we're going to start with the Queen of Swords definition from the Universal Rider Waite Smith guidebook. I realized while I was listening back to the podcast (laughs) recently I never say Ryder Waite Smith. And you know what? Justice for Pamela. 
<laughs> Justice for Pamela. Like, I, I do need to start just including her name when I credit that deck. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, if you're reading the definition, wait, wrote it. Right. So, like, yeah, whatever. But I but if, if we're talking about the, the pictures, Pamela be drawing that. Exactly. Also, a funny thing that happened when I was spending New Year's with my friend Lauren, which she listened, so hi, Lauren, is that Lauren was showing me her new circular rider weight. Yes. And she said, I know from the podcast, you're not crazy about rider weight. And I mean, imagery wise, I am. Mm -hmm. It's just that I don't agree with a lot of the definitions. Right. But those illustrations are beautiful. Oh, they're so classic. They're so iconic. And, and, And I think it's worth saying none of our favorite favorite reimaginations would exist without those original paintings that Pamela Coleman Smith did unless it's like a Marseille because that those aren't based on that but right all of all of our favorite adaptations are thank you Miss Smith exactly and that's the thing too like as you can see, as we read the rider weight definitions, those aren't what stick. That is not the most prolific book on tarot, but the imagery absolutely is. When people think of tarot, they think of what Pamela Coleman Smith created. L-M-A-O, not the shade that you just threw at rider weight. Am I wrong? You're not wrong at all. I love it. I speak your truth. I just think that that was a lot more of a controversial statement than you realize. Really? Am I going to get canceled? <laughs> no, but you were just literally like, fuck A.E. Wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mel, I agree with you. We would be nowhere without his interpretations. Yes, that's the baseline. But I'm just saying they are not the end all be all versus the artwork creates a world of creativity for you to explore. And the artwork is what's iconic. Nobody... That's what I mean. Nobody... Remembers the definitions in this guidebook. Right. Yeah. Nobody would see a definition and be like, oh, yes, the famous words of A.E. Wait, but you see the magician and you fucking yeah. know what that is. Right. I was just surprised by how casually you said it. <laughs> All right. Queen of Swords, Rider Wait guidebook. Her right hand raises the weapon vertically and the hilt rests on an arm of her royal chair. The left hand is extended, the arm raised, her countenance is severe, chastened, and suggests familiarity with sorrow. Divinatory meanings, widowhood, female sadness and embarrassment. (laughs) Tag yourself. (laughs) Absence, sterility, mourning, privation, separation. Reversed, malice, bigotry, artifice, prudery, deceit. It's a loaded definition. I agree with a lot of it. Uh Uh-huh. Widowhood is a common theme in this card. And, Mm. you know, I I get a lot of clients with husbands that have passed on and it always comes up to represent them. It's like foolproof. Oh, yeah. It's such a strong association for me. Female sadness and embarrassment. No, especially not upright. Especially not upright. Like, also, what? How different is female sadness and embarrassment from male sadness and embarrassment? Right. The king of swords ain't got male sadness and embarrassment, so I'm not sure why the queen has that. But anyway. Yowza. Being sterile, 
or absent, I don't really get from this card. I wonder if by sterility they mean like emotionally sterile. And not unable to have a baby. Yeah, no, it it made me think about <laughs> that at first too, but then I was like, yeah. because I do feel like people see the Queen of Swords as very severe, very cut and dry, very like unemotional. Yeah. In that sense. So being like emotionally sterile. The gag to me is I think the Queen of Swords is very emotional, but just can control it well. And, like, communicate about it. Right. Like a real fucking queen. Right. So either way, I don't think I agree with being sterile. Valid. For this card. Mourning, obviously, if you're a widow. Or if there's been other sadness in your life. Privation, separation. I mean, yeah, maybe because you're leaps and bounds above the stupid men around you. Slay. Maybe because it's lonely at the fucking top. (laughs) Reversed being malice. Maybe. Bigotry. Honestly, hard-pressed to interpret a woman as a bigot in the tarot. Please don't mishear me. Women can be bigots. But in the tarot, if somebody's going to be like an ignorant fuck, it's going to be like a king in reverse. Artifice, I definitely could say. What's that mean? Like falsehoods. Mm. Like artificial. Putting on like a fa- like a front. That coldness you mentioned. Yeah. Like I could see that coldness as a front or as a defense mechanism in reverse. Totally defense mechanism vibes of yeah. like putting up a wall. Like yeah. I, I totally see that for the Queen of Swords reverse. Yep. And then prudery and deceit. Which I, I don't necessarily. Can we just talk about how riddled with misogyny that definition is? Right. I was gonna say prudery like, and to see, I think that's just sexist. See, the, even the whole definition from start to, to finish, finish is, yeah. was the most misogynistic thing. Yep. That was wild. I know. That was a trip. Christ. So that was a little <laughs> rough, and I, I knew it was going to happen as soon as we got to a queen. That is crazy actually crazy to me because I, I don't really have any strictly rider weight decks. I don't even have anything that mirrors it that closely yeah. until very recently when I bought the Pulp Girls deck, but I really haven't interacted with weights definitions up until this podcast and holy shit, what a prick. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to know and to see and unpack the way that there is misogyny built into the tarot. Obviously, there is. It's an interesting point to think about that these paintings were done by a woman who had no hand in the interpretation. I know. This is a situation where you really can separate out the artwork. Yes. And you don't have to take what weight projected onto it. Yeah. You really can just take it as it is and project your own shit onto it because it's probably more accurate to what Pamela Coleman Smith intended anyway. That's why I'm saying justice for her because she probably had a whole other fucking idea. Mm -hmm. I know. I highly doubt that she thought that this woman was the cunt that (laughs) 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 fucking AE weight thought she was. How does the queen typically show up for you in a spread? What does she usually say to you? I mentioned I get this card for clients who are going through, like, mourning a husband usually. I also get it for myself a lot. Ongoing joke of the podcast is that I'm highly emotional, but the truth is a lot of the time I'm psychoanalyzing my emotions instead of letting myself feel them. And that is the Queen of Swords coming up for me. If I reevaluate the same situation in, like, a couple weeks and I get the Queen of Cups instead, I'm like, okay, I did a better job actually feeling and not just intellectualizing Mm -hmm. my own mental health. This is 
a really important point and something just clicked for me as to why I think this card hasn't really come up for me a lot, especially just like lately. It, it, it hasn't been part of the work I've been doing with tarot, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because Mel's exactly right in saying that the Queen of Swords talks about this connection between intellectualizing things and emotions because the Queen's are the suit of water in tarot. We talked about this before when we talked about the court cards. Each court card is associated with an element and then each suit is associated with an element. Right. So the queens are water and swords are air. Queens are emotions across the board. Right. The suit that they are talks about how you're handling your emotions. Mm -hmm. So for the queen of swords, it's directly talking about intellectualizing your emotions, communicating your emotions, thoughts and ideas regarding emotions, right? Because it's air and water. I have swords cards come up to represent me a lot. Swords quartz because I'm an airy bitch, yeah. as as we both are. It's more often in relation, not to my emotions, but to my ability to ground myself, especially lately. That's something, and Mel can attest with like the shit that I've showed her <laughs> from my own personal spreads. That's a big thing that I'm working on is, is connecting to earth energy. Lots of pentacles cards coming up for me lately, really trying to ground myself, find that stability. So when I'm pulling swords cards for myself, it's been the page a lot or the king. And so it's very much me being airy and detached, but not in relationship to emotions, in relationship to my lack of ability to ground. I'm finding like a lot of utility in looking at the suit and the element of the court card in thinking about what your characteristics, I guess, are in relation to. I think that's so incredibly helpful. Right? And I think we should post that on Instagram as like a tarot tip. That's like a that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Because I, I think whether you're just learning or you are an experienced practitioner, that is your quick start guide mm-hmm. to reading court cards, which people have a lot of trouble with. That kind of just clicked for me as you were talking, but... I think that makes a lot of sense. And because I do, I would love to see myself more as the Queen of Swords. The reality of the situation is that, like, I don't know that I necessarily have the grip on my emotional world that she does or that it's really even, like, relevant to the work that I'm doing right now, which Mm. is is more important. Right. Yeah. Such a good point. I also have had the queen of swords come up for me in the sense of if it's representing me or my mental health it's like i mentioned before it's often i'm over intellectualizing my feelings because mm-hmm. i'm really interested in studying mental health like i i took a lot of psychology and sociology throughout my education and i just frame so much of my own mental illness through like dsm definitions and like It's not necessarily helpful because I just need to, like, feel what I'm feeling without putting a name and a time and a place on it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if I get this card in that kind of position in a spread, I'm reminded of the fact that I need to just feel and emote. However, if I'm getting this in a position of what do I need, I more so will interpret it as, okay, you're emoting too much 
And now you need to rationalize. Mm -hmm. I'll almost take it as the opposite for myself because sometimes I feel a thing and I just cry and cry and cry. And if I find the will to connect to logic, I'll stop crying and feel better. Mm -hmm. So that would be like a sign to do that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think that also when the Queen of Swords comes up for me, in the position of advice. And again, usually it's for a client. It's not yeah. usually for me. Yeah. In addition to like being thoughtful and intellectual about your emotions, it's also like don't be afraid to communicate about your emotions because swords is big communication energy. Right. And the queen of swords is very judicial in her communication about her emotions. She's not over communicating. She's not oversharing by any means. She's real thinking about what it is that is going to get her point across effectively without having other unintended consequences and then she says the right thing yes right and i just want to say that energy you just described it's why sometimes air signs are known as manipulative Mm -hmm. i will never forget that's so true yeah i will never forget the day my reader Timothy looked at me and said, I think you're manipulative and that's not an insult. It's a power. Mm -hmm. Like in such a way that you can temper your emotions into a channel of communication that's going to get you what you want and need and what the situation wants and needs. Exactly. So I fully agree with that because that's air. That's that's the ability we have. That's the yeah, strength we have. Exactly. It's like think before you speak. Mm-hmm. Think about what the outcome of your words is going to be, especially when it's a queen. You know, if it were a king, I think that the king is a little bit more honest, a little bit more like full picture when it comes to communication. But the queen is much more intentional, like directed with what she's saying. And I feel this way about all the queens in the sense that they tend to hold back when they're speaking or sharing and only share what they've decided to share. They're like a little bit more secretive in that sense. It's almost like men actually do get to show us their full spectrum of hard emotions, especially if they're in positions of power. So true. And women always have to be calculated and thinking Mm -hmm. 20 times as hard to probably get 20 times as much backlash. Literally. With the Queen of Swords, one of the ways that she was described, I think it was in Tarot History, Symbolism, and Divination by Robert M. Place, he was talking about how her face looks like she's biting her lip, holding back words. Yeah. And a parallel to that is that the Queen of Cups, which I know we haven't done yet, but the Queen of Cups is the only cup court card whose cup has a cover on it. Yeah. Because she's holding back, sharing her emotions Mm -hmm. she doesn't put it all out there Mm -hmm. there's this overall theme with queens that they're reserved and that they're keeping some things to themselves right you know duality to everything wide spectrum to every situation yes people say men are not socialized to be able to show their emotions and i there's space for that and i get that and that's true in in many many cases but i'm thinking of a king i'm thinking of authority figures i'm thinking of positions of power power along with the queen men get to 
act out in vulgar, angry ways, and they are cheered on for it. And if a woman did the same, she is crude and too forthcoming and needs to keep her opinions to herself. And that's like the dynamic we're talking about here with the with all these tarot queens. Like a knight in the tarot might be a better depiction of a man who isn't in a place where he can express that full range of emotion. But a king, because of the power, can do whatever the fuck they want. Right. Yeah, if you're looking at the way that women and men have to behave when they're in positions of celebrity or in politics, women have to keep it buttoned up real fucking tight. And that's why queen and king cards will come a lot for people with familial issues, marriage issues, and mommy and daddy issues because Mm. they're counterparts and they they play into this dynamic of gender, patriarch, all of it. Yeah. And the toxicity that goes into it. Right. Roles and expectations and being limited. Something I do want to say with regards to this is that we're kind of using gender stereotypes and like not just stereotypes but like observations and like theories about gender to build these archetypes for the tarot but then when you're reading for a client all of those characteristics that you associate with a card you're gonna incorporate them in practice in a way that doesn't have anything to do with gender as an example of that I want to talk about a time that the queen of swords came up for a man for me and how those exact traits that we just described really accurately described this person to me I was reading at an event and it was an event where I was hired by the like group and I I was paid by the organization. So the individual clients I had weren't paying me. And I bring that up because basically it was like, they already paid for the event, so the tarot reading was just included. It was right. quote-unquote free to them at that point. So I think I got more people who were like, oh, what the hell? Versus when somebody has to pay, you know, $50 for a tarot reading, they're a little bit more invested. Yeah. This man was definitely a skeptic, but he was pretty fucking rude about it. Mm. He came in with his wife, who's, you know, a tall white dude, bald, maybe like 55, 60, my dad's age, you know? He says, down, his wife sits down she's like oh I'm just gonna listen I'm like yeah whatever like mm. it's, a, it's a short reading I don't really care he's not really looking at me <sighs> and I'm like okay like hi like have you had a tarot card reading before and every time I talk to him he's like surprised that I'm addressing him directly so I'm like have you had a tarot reading before and he's like what and I'm like have you had a tarot reading before and he's like oh no 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 and then I'm like okay is there anything specific you want to look at today what like <laughs> Sir, we're having an interaction. Like, why are you not paying attention to me? And then he's like, no, no, no. I'm just here to be entertained, I think, or something like that, which is so condescending and shitty. And I was like, okay. So I start doing this reading. And the first card that comes out in the spread is the Queen of Swords in reverse. I think it's really interesting for him to be represented by the Queen of Swords in reverse, as opposed to any of the other Swords court cards. It told me that he is somebody who tends to bite his tongue, tends to maybe have a lot of opinions, be quite intelligent, quite yeah. quite intellectual, yeah. have things to say, but be very judicious about when and how they speak up. Queen of Swords Reverse also tells me that when he does speak up, his words can be quite cutting 
quite harsh. Yeah. Which we didn't get to that yet, but... A sharp tongue is uh, definitely part of this card. Definitely a Queen of Swords reverse vibe. And somebody who over-intellectualizes emotions. Yeah. And has a really hard time feeling emotions versus thinking about them rationally. Mm-hmm. Much more wanting to lean toward the intellectual side. All of those things are very specific to the queen and very gendered in a way, but represented him to a T. Yeah. You know, I could tell just from the small interaction I was having with him that that was totally the archetype. He was, didn't even make eye contact with me as I did this whole spread. Y'all, when I tell you this spread was about him being in a disagreement of sorts with his kid. I'm pretty sure it was his daughter. And that the main message was like, he put his foot in his mouth and he was an asshole and he needs to apologize. And that the relationship can be repaired if he apologizes. At the end, I was just like, do you have any questions? Like whatever. And he was like, no, that was entertaining. And like got up and walked away. And his wife, the look on her face was like, holy shit, how did you know? Mm-hmm. That's the thing, too. Just the way he acted, being egotistical, comes up with the Queen of Swords reverse sometimes. Mm. I could see Queen of Swords reversed being, like, so apathetic and closed off to the point where it's, like, disrespectful to others. There's very much an energy of thinking that you're smarter than other people. Like, a yes. Props to you for dealing with that. <laughs> That's a tough client. At least you got the validation from his partner. I Like, I didn't even need it. I was like, no. this is so on point. This man's a prick. Yeah. Like, I, I know this is right. No, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like she probably needed it more than he did. Right. Which is, which is interesting too when two people approach you because sometimes I find that you're just going to pick up on their energy as well by default. Because mm-hmm. they're there. I feel like I was probably just telling him everything that she <laughs> already knew and has been telling him. Literally. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god. I bet he ended up like going home and thinking about it. I bet he did. Especially with swords energy, right? Like you're not gonna not think about it. You're Mm -hmm. gonna overthink about it. Right. With all that being said, these are archetypes and we all have both masculine and feminine. So it can really apply to anybody. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a woman. So don't get hung up on that. Yeah, it's my hope that that sheds some light on how the archetypes can be very gendered and very related to gender but also practically utilized in a way that's completely detached from gender. Yes. It is confusing. I know. If you you haven't done it in practice, but yeah. What I would like to do is also read the definition from 78 Degrees of Wisdom. Yes, please. It's a good one, and I feel like it corresponds to the story you just told. I'm excited. So 78 Degrees of Wisdom, great book by Rachel Pollack that I am working with right now and loving. So Queen of Swords. As the yin aspect of the suit, the Queen of Swords symbolizes experiences of both sorrow and wisdom, and especially the connection between them. Hmm. I love that wording because it's like her experience really has like informed her ability to have the mind power to yield and like control things. Having experienced pain and having faced it with courage, acceptance, and honesty, she has found the wisdom. The tassel hanging from her left wrist, the side of experience, resembles a cut rope compared to the Eight of Swords. She has used the sword of her intellect to free herself from confusion, doubt, and fear now. Although she frowns at the world, she opens her hand to it. 
I love that because, like, again, Queen of Swords in reverse, I see, could be, like, apathetic, like, turned off to the world. Mm-hmm. Queen of Swords upright. She's been hurt, but she's trying again. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, too. Though clouds gather around her, her head remains above them in the clear air of truth. Mm-hmm. One bird, a symbol of the purity of her wisdom, flies high above her. Her sword, like that of justice and the ace, stands straight up. In the sense that powerless women will often suffer from the actions of men, the card refers specifically to women. In its character, it can represent someone of either sex, for neither sorrow nor courage are restricted by gender. Reversed. The reversed queen can indicate an overemphasis on sorrow, someone who makes life seem much worse than it is by ignoring the good things around her. Mm -hmm. She can also show a strong mind turned nasty, Again, that, like, apathy. Mm -hmm. Especially as a reaction to pain or pressure from unpleasant situations or people. Sometimes she represents a person so forceful, she or he expects, not just demands, that everyone around her, even life itself, will do what she wants. Oof. Right? Yeah. When people oppose her, the queen turns malicious, narrow-minded, bigoted, and like the king, Mm -hmm. uses her attitudes to force her personality on the people around her. Whether she represents an excess of sorrow or egoism, she has lost the right side up commitment to truth. One time early on in the podcast, you mentioned choosing the name Mel of Wands and resonating with the Queen of Wands. And you said something about how you liked reclaiming her because a lot of times people think of her as the bitch of the tarot. But I've always thought of the Queen of Swords as the bitch, as the bitch of the tarot or like... I've even, I've seen that. I've literally seen people write, like, especially the Queen of Swords in reverse is the quote unquote bitch of the tarot. I think they're bitches in different ways. I love that. <laughs> nuance. Nuance. Justice for bitches. Literally. I think the Queen of Swords is and can be perceived as a bitch because she has the ability to fine-tune situations to her benefit. She has the ability to be cold and turned off. No matter what she's feeling inside, the people around her don't know because she has the discretion. Right. And women are expected to be nurturers. If you're taking that out of the equation, Mm -hmm. she's automatically a bitch. Mm -hmm. I think the Queen of Wands can be a bitch in the sense that she's powerful And not demanding, but like beckoning, like she beckons your attention. She, she walks into the room and commands it. So that's another version of being a bitch. The queen (laughs) of wands to me screams unapologetic. Right. And I always interpret her that way. Right. Which people don't like to see women like that. Correct. With the queen of swords relating to being a bitch, you said upright. She's very intentional with what she says and how she communicates about emotions. In reverse, it's almost like using that skill for evil. And you can say things that are going to cut right to the heart of someone Mm -hmm. and really hurt someone's feelings Mm -hmm. if you have that grasp on emotions and decide to use it that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of swords cards have a lot to do with your ability to cut, whether that's through tension You're cutting a tie with someone. You're cutting your own tethers, as we saw in the eight. Your ability to cut ties, whatever they may be, too. Or cut 
and hurt people's feelings. Right. Cut through. And and I do think that the Queen of Swords is somebody who can cut through to the truth of a matter, who can cut through the bullshit. The confusion. To really get to the heart of something. Right. But also can cut through your fucking soul. So do we have any imagery that we want to talk about? I have a few. Yeah. Rider Waite, Halloween Tarot, Aquarian Tarot, they're all very Rider Waite. Mm Mm-hmm. Pride Tarot is the one that you mentioned you liked before, so she... I just can't stop looking at her. I would describe this as... as my wife? Yes, <laughs> As putting the Empress in the Queen of Swords throne. Mm. She's sexy, she's alluring, she's leaning forward, and she has this captivating look on her face. She has a more, like, modernized-looking crown. Like, it it almost looks like a flat-brimmed hat with butterflies on it, so we can, you know, associate that with the bird. But there is also, like, what is that, an eagle? A falcon. There's butterflies on the rider weight crown. I didn't notice that. And then the bird. The bird is way more in the forefront. I'm sorry, I don't know my birds, but he is right there with her like a familiar. It's interesting to me that the sword is in her hand facing down, mm-hmm. more ready to like stand up and use it, not just showing it off or not just holding it as a badge of honor. Right. Like it's behind her legs too, which I think is interesting. So like from our perspective, it's kind of hidden. Like she's not leading with the sword she's leading with her like body which i think is really interesting because yeah you said like it feels like the empress in the queen of swords throne leading with being a woman but having this secret weapon of your like swords mastery that you can pull out of your pocket right which i think is why i'm so attracted to her it's very like femme fatale yeah yeah she's mean and i like it guys this is a drawing (laughs) That Mel and I are thirsting over. (laughs) Then, (laughs) I have my Murder of Crows tarot, and the queens and the kings are rather, like, genderless looking. There's a lot of masks and dark eyes and shrouds in this deck. But what's really cool is the figure in the forefront of the card is holding the sword horizontally, The bird is, in this case, of course, it's a crow. I know that. Is perched on it. But the shadow of the queen, the sword is upright. Ah, yeah. uh, Yes. So the ability to hold it out in front of you and display it and show it off, but also like this darker side of you that can fight with it and yeah my real favorite queen of swords that is super interesting is from tarot del toro so i checked the guidebook to see what the like reference was the strain it's a show that guillermo del toro works on and this is a medieval version of a vampire from the strain. So she's beheaded. She holds her head on a platter in one hand and the sword in another. And the crown has fallen. The crown's at her feet. It's not on the severed head. I interpret this in so many different ways. I think this can be a willingness to be forthcoming. I think this can be a willingness to give your all. I also think it can Mm. be a tendency to give too much. Always keep something hidden for yourself. Mm. Keep your head attached. It almost makes me think of if the Queen of Swords is somebody who speaks up and speaks her truth, then it makes me 
think of all the women throughout history who have had their heads chopped off for doing that. This is also true. Right. Reclaiming and like a respect to those who have come before you. Yeah. Beautiful. What about your imagery? No. (laughs) I don't have anything that's particularly exciting here, I guess. I love my Tattoo Tarot Ink and Intuition queen just because I love her. She's the first queen of swords I got to know. And she's gorgeous. She has snake tattoos wrapping up and around her arm. She's great. She's hot. I guess I enjoy the Wild Unknown Tarot. The court cards are, instead of being page, knight, queen, king, they're daughter, son, mother, father. So yeah, it's a little bit of a different spin. Can definitely, if I'm reading for a client, like, and the mother comes out or like the son comes out, like that can be indicative of like familial ties for me, for sure. And then the court swords in this deck are all owls. Mm -hmm. So they have that wisdom. The other really fun depiction I have, I have to leave. I know. from Sensual Wicca Tarot. It's a woman laying on top of a few steps, like a pedestal with like a few steps leading up to it. And she's like draped in cloth, but her titties are out. She's a dark haired woman. I Literally, what would I do without titties? And then there's a man, a naked man on his knees in front of her bowing and holding a platter up to her above his head with another man's head on it. As he should. I think that speaks for itself. And I really do love that depiction. Yep. So here we go. We are picking next week's card. We are rushing off to work. So it is the end of the episode. We do this every week. Just a little segue. The Hanged Man! Fuck, I'm excited for that. This is going to be really fun. All right, we're doing The Hanged Man next week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Love you guys. Hit us up. Okay, love you so much. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Bye.